Yay. Yay. Uh, hello, Tori. Yay. Hi. Feels like it's been a while. It's it been a has. while. It's been, been a while. You've been up to nerdy nonsense, haven't you? I love nerdy nonsense. Hades Town, New York Comic Con. Yeah, Paul, did wool. you know I'm a nerd? Yeah, I did. did you well, know that's this about me. That's like one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> other than your optimism, <laughs> me too. It's fantastic. Aww. Uh, wait, did we? Did I even talk to you after Hawaii? I didn't even tell you about Hawaii. No, you didn't oh tell me about God. Hawaii. Tell me about. Tell me about your life. All I've the been time doing jack zones. shit. <laughs> well, I did see you do up to something. Hold on. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget, too. I got to take notes because there's been so much. Um, <laughs> okay. Starting with last week, I went to Hawaii and it was my friend's wedding. One of my friends since freshman year of college. And it was so beautiful. She had a Catholic wedding. So in a Catholic church with like beautiful stained glass windows oh, and just like Catholic churches beat them all. Yeah, it's so pretty. Um, lo- love a church when I'm not forced into religion. I I love a church for aesthetic reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she like the reception church. was at I think it's called Kealoa Ranch. I might be messing up how that is said, but it's where they filmed Jurassic Park. So that opening Ooh. scene with the green mountains and the waterfall oh, yeah. and the ocean, it was a tented reception in that area. And it was just oh, that's so gorgeous. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And we became friends and like kind of bonded over music, as happens a lot in my life. Yeah. So the DJ on it, playing all the best, like Justin all Bieber, the hits you Jonas wanted. Brothers, One Direction, Love, uh, classic wedding dance songs. And I lo- you you know me. I love an outdoor wedding. I love a tented situation. And I where know you love dancing. Of, yeah. So it was like beautiful. I, I do recall seeing, I think it was like an Instagram story of you mm-hmm. outside the tent looking down a hill at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love those vibes. Like, yes. You just hear like lights and music in the background. Yeah, lights, music, yelling, like people like just cheering and stuff. It's just very, it's time. very Elf of Us, really, and Hobbit. It's very Hobbit. Yeah, it's yeah. making me think of uh, that part in the movie when Bilbo sneaks away from the party, yeah. and you hear all like the sound down below. That's Perfect. me. That's me having those Bilbo moments, sneaking away to get those photos and just appreciate. Just good take it party, all in. good friends, good food. Yeah, so that that was last week. <laughs> and, uh, and no, that was two up, weeks ago. <laughs> that was two weeks ago, and you were doing other stuff in uh, Hawaii with, mm-hmm. like, the fact that, like, you were literally just doing your job at a cafe by the beach, yeah. and it's like, yeah. oh, I am envious of that, that position you have <laughs> right there. I am fortunate in that I can do my work remotely as well. And, mm. uh, yeah, work from a cafe in Hawaii. Great. Lovely. Which is also helpful, so I didn't have to take off as much work because I was off for vacation, and October yeah. is a busy work month, so... September was already your vacation month, and then October came around, and... and now October's like, almost over. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Gotta get my Halloween costume in order. Oh, what are you gonna be? Something cheap. TBD. <laughs> Something cheap. <laughs> well, if all else fails, you could pull off a Hobbit. I could. Um, I could just go Hobbit. 
So then I just furthered the nerd agenda and I had a show on the East Coast and decided to stay on the East Coast and just hit up all the things in the evenings. Uh, went and saw Hades Town, Betty. How Hill, was it? The home. Oh, have you seen it? I've I've listened to the it? album so many times. Okay, I went in knowing nothing, like oh, zero knowledge. Perfect. So... I love it when you go into not knowing something because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great. And I was just amazed that like music was beautiful their voices was beautiful the choreo the moving stage where it like rotates yeah it was oh my god and then the ending i i loved it so much i think i'm gonna get a tattoo of it yeah, yeah. what are you gonna yeah. get what, what's the tattoo gonna be okay intricate story here i'm gonna let the listeners fill in the blank when i'm ready to talk about it but i have this tattoo um, right here above, uh, like, top shoulder. Or yeah. It, your, arm. It's uh, like words speaking. The arm that's not your forearm. It's the back <laughs> arm. We'll call it the back arm. Yeah. And it's a little flower um, that I got with someone that I'm no longer with. <laughs> so I want to, like, take it and repurpose it to, like, mean strength. Switch it up. In some way, yeah. and kind of just like have the story to it. And um, uh, Hades Town has the flower as its exactly. Uh, yeah. So it's a flower right now. And the last song that just made me ball was um, "And We Sing It Again." Like even though it ends in tragedy, we sing it again. And that Such was a like good song. What I mean, that They're was all like, good a, songs. like what I needed to hear. Ugh. So. Uh, we had the idea, as in like me, Chess, and Liz brainstorming, to fill in so the flower is red, since they have like red flower imagery, it's like Orpheus's whole yeah. thing, um, and then put words along it that says, and we sing it again. Oh. Right? I, I'm so glad you got to, like, I want to see Hades Town at some point, because I love the album so much. Uh, so good. I was a fan of it when it was just a concept album that the creator mm. had put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I got really into that. I love Greek mythology, like yeah, and yeah. Put, setting it like as like a Western kind of Southern style. Yeah, love that. All I the wasn't singers expecting are fantastic. That style of music either, and there was so much like really like folk roots, kind of like African folk. Music. Yeah, African and, African folk jazz. Yeah, um, like very early nineteen hundreds. Uh, kind of sound to it and it, mm-hmm. it's it's a fantastic for those of you who have the chance to see it go see it because i've seen i've it's heard so the choreography like they have lights that swing yeah, and shit and it's so, so complicated it. it's truly it's, uh, it is and even if you can't listen to the album on spotify because it like it tells the story just mm-hmm. through the songs mm-hmm. and it is fantastic that was also something that shocked me was there's very little dialogue in it. It's yeah, it's all mostly told just song. music and song. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Such a good. I did my first stage door. I've never. This is only the hey. second show I've seen like on Broadway. And we waited yeah. at the stage door and I got like my playbill sign and got a photo with Betty who and got to like chat with them. They're so sweet. And oh, my God, theater kids are so hot. You already know this, Paul. Theater kids are so hot. Look. We all have mental issues, and we are all <laughs> sexy. So yes, 
someone uh, who was in high school drama. Yes, we are. <laughs> Mood, vibes. Anyway, yeah, Hades Town was incredible. Um, and then I continued it and crashed New York Comic Con, which was my first Comic Con. Shout out to Molly for helping me get a Woo. pass to that. Um, got to hang out with them a little bit and meet up with some Critical Role critters dressed as Bo, as I usually do. And just mm-hmm. like the Critical Role fandom, some of the sweetest people. Like, I saw some people yeah. I met before, made some new friends. I had someone come up to me, shout out to Brooke, who was like, I follow you on Twitter. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Recognition. Um, it's talked a little bit. So sweet. I ran around from our famous podcast as Yasha. Um, great cosplayers. I did some lightsaber choreo. I learned some adult lightsaber choreo, which was super rad. So sexy of you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I bet you could impress a lot of, uh, people with that lightsaber. I really want to do more like fighting choreo it was really yeah fun. stage stage combat is fucking yeah. amazing to like we learned it for uh when we did line witch in the wardrobe in high school mm. we had this whole there's battle. a lot of combat there is a lot of combat in there's that, a battle actually. yeah there's a bat yeah. there's a battle at the end so we learned yeah. stage combat for that and i had a quarter staff so i was doing the because oh, i was mr beaver so i didn't get a sword <laughs> i got a quarter staff that i just got to bonk people with it was fun. hell yeah but yeah heck I'll I'll learn stage combat with you. Yeah, I really want to <laughs> do it now. Do. Let's do it. Um, we'll find a class. Uh, yeah, that was so fun. Um, and then I ended it off with a red fair in the woods. Yeah, with Dan. in Boston. Yeah, with um, Dan and Chess, and then just doing the usual red fair thing of running yeah. around and being eating, nerdy, drinking. Um, yeah. Do you, do you get I've the big turkey leg? Sure did. Mm-hmm. You always got to get the big turkey mm-hmm. leg. It's not Ren Fair until you've had the turkey leg. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then I also got to meet up with Wool. Um, Yay, Wool! Which was very sweet and lovely. We played some board games and some banana grams. Wool whooped our asses at banana Of course grams. Wool whooped. <laughs> One of my fondest memories is Wool having spelled out a long ass word and then me, and, me being like, uh, I managed to spell cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was all lovely. And so I got back last night. And, and now uh, you're tired as hell. And yep. now you have to do a podcast. <laughs> and back on site for the next three days. And then you're going away again. Yep. For like the, the end of the week. Yep. And then I'll oh, be goodness. in LA. And uh, see you. <laughs> yeah. But it, was nice. all, it was all so busy and so crazy, but so lovely. And just like... I love being a nerd so much. Um, honestly, it's a mi- I think it's honestly the mix of you being a nerd, but also having surrounded yourself with like the right kind of nerds yeah. to the point that like socializing just becomes another nerdy act in its own way, and <laughs> it's, it's so, so true. delightful to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being yeah. an adult nerd is the best. It's also <laughs> so dangerous when you have adult money. Oh, oh my god, the show flow at Artist Alley at Comic Con. <gasps> Every Comic Con, the artist money? alley is fucking like. Thank God, I've only gone to the Comic Cons when I was like a college student, and it was like <laughs> I have barely any money to my name. Oh I can't be God. spending it. Oh. I, okay, I can't air put away. I got some really cool posters to decorate my place with. It's like Ooh. those um, 
uh, like city posters, kind of like postcards, and they have yeah, the like uh, at the bottom. It's like a come visit, and mm-hmm. it's like a tourism poster. Yep, I got four of those to hang. I want to hang it on the wall right behind me. Ooh, that would be um, a good place. I ha- I got one for Wakanda, the Shire, Rivendell, and Hyrule. Oh, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are good locations. Yep. I love those kind of posters where it's yeah. like, God, I wish those were real places that I could just pop in and visit. They are. Where are you going to go? Like tomorrow. What we need is our listeners to fund us a trip to New Zealand and then yeah. goals. That actually it. brings me to a point. <laughs> Shout out to our patrons, first of all, for helping fund us. Yes. Um, second thing was I was I've been wearing my like silly Merlion shirt when I go do nerdy things. Um, and a few people have said they wanted the shirt. So I like put on our Instagram, would you guys buy merch? And everyone yeah. is commenting that they want merch. Merchandising. So I will put a little poll slash tweet slash DM of like, what kind of stuff you guys want to see? Cause it sounds like there might be enough interest to do that. Ooh, yes. Like maybe a couple Gosh. t-shirt designs, like something t-shirt simple. T-shirt or like, like a pin. Yeah, some stickers maybe. I don't stickers. know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, tell Sky's us tell us limit. what kind of merch you want. Let I us know how popular at... we are, guys. <laughs> I was shocked at all the comments that was received yeah. on our Instagram. Because like those shirts are like that's you and me. That's our special shirt that yeah like, got them as we a get gift. to wear. It's like yeah. it's like when uh like. There's this big project at like a studio or something. At the end of it, they all get like bomber jackets that have it. That was oh like God, our bomber jacket. bomber jacket. Oh, I fuck. I'd fuck up a bomber jacket with I you, know. or like a bowling Ooh. shirt, matching bowling shirts or something, or like a baseball tee. Exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just, now we're just brainstorming merch that we would get. <laughs> yeah. When we have an incredibly long uh, chapter to get through now. Good oh, lord, what it is attacking you? A gnat. I'm gonna murder these things. Um, anyway, tell us what kind of merch you want. Yeah, we'll let us know. That. And, uh, yeah, we'll look into what we can do for you guys. Because it, it actually would be kind of cool to, like, run into someone wearing our merchandise. That it would crazy? blow. I might die. On, like just on the spot, I'll just collapse. My bones will give out. It'll just it almost, that's the end of Paul. It already feels so crazy when people are like, "Oh, I listen to the podcast," and I'm like, "What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you listen?" It immediately makes me think of like Travis Willingham telling this one story of him seeing someone wearing a critical sweatshirt walking down the road. Him checking if he has time, he immediately gets off to the side of the road, runs up, and goes, "Hey, thanks for wearing the shirt." And she's like, "Oh." Okay, and she had <laughs> borrowed it from someone. She had borrowed it from a friend. Oh. And he was like, oh god, I hope I didn't scare you. I'm sorry. This big man just running up to you like, I love your shirt! And then running away and getting back in his car. Oh my god. Well, when we do like uh, like Bilbo Baggins' birthday or like yeah, any meetups. other nerdy things, yeah. we could do a little silly million photo if people wear the shirt, have a little meetup. Be fantastic. And speaking of the silly Marillion, let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Jesus. Sorry. What was that? It's a fucking loud-ass car driving hard down our street. Wow. Hello. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Uh, So, speaking of that, (laughs) 
Let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Let's get uh, into it. Let's get into it. In three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion. As always, I am your host, Paul, uh, a wandering ent in this forest of Fangorn we like to call the internet. And joining me is the halfling I picked up on my way and just kind of put on my shoulder, Tori. Tori, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for putting me on your shoulder and helping me wander through this large forest. Uh, no problem. Good thing I I'm love not hiking. afraid of heights in this yeah. 14-foot pair I'm now perched upon. It's even smaller for hobbits. Love the analogy of wandering through this forest we call the internet. The forest we call the internet, yes. So some true, besties. So some true. Some of the trees are rotten on the inside, and we must beware <laughs> those trees. But some are very good, and we love reaching out to those. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing Ents, specifically one particular Ent, Treebeard, because that tree is the title beard. of the chapter. I really enjoyed this chapter because we don't, at least that I remember, get much into Ents in the movies. No, I mean, they show up, but we don't, we don't learn the Ent lore. We mm -hmm. don't learn Ent lore in, like, we take it for granted that there are walking trees. Yeah, you know I'm a sucker for some lore, too. Yeah. Like, is Quickbeam in the movies? No, Quickbeam is not yeah. in the movies. I don't remember him. All I remember is Treebeard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so picking up where we last left off, Marin Pippin managed to escape the Urukai as they were being attacked by the Rohirrim and fled into the quote-unquote safety of Fangorn Forest, uh, which they had been warned against, but they... Managed to get in there and survive for a bit. And mm -hmm. I love this um, description of what the forest feels like to them. Pippin says, It reminds me somehow of the old room in the great place of the Tooks, away back in the Smeals at Tuckborough. A huge place where the furniture has never been moved or changed for generations. They say that the old Took lived in it year after year, while he and the room got older and shabbier together and it has never been changed since he died a century ago. Yeah. Just like Furniture's a stuffy never been forest. Or changed, truly. Yeah. Just feels ancient and like it's everything is the way it's always been in Fangorn. It just doesn't change. It just gets it's older. It's giving me like old antique store vibes. Oh my god, you are exactly <laughs> right. I can smell it right it now. Some of it hasn't moved. It's just a little dusty, but you're still amazed walking through every corner, wondering where it came from. That cabinet has been here for years. <laughs> I also have to shout out, we have our first queer mention in this chapter. After a while? Yeah. Of the book. And did this chapter deliver in the queers? How many Believe queers it. did we get in this chapter? Six. We went six from zero queers? to six in one chapter. Yeah. Six queers? Zero to six queers is a speed. Is a speed I'm on. I am usually not used to, but that's, that's <laughs> the queers per hour on that is pretty remarkable. I think the ends. I think the ends are a little fruity. 
Mm. Well, they have no eh. women there. <laughs> there are no women. But they, but there they are trees with fruit, Paul. There are trees with fruit, yes. Hence fruity. Anyway. Hence the fruity. <laughs> so they manage to walk further into the forest, commenting on how it feels like there shouldn't even be animals in this forest. Like, this forest is wholly devoted to trees. You can't imagine anything else really living here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they get a little f- worried about what to eat. And they only have Lembus for yeah. five days. Yeah. And, yeah, broken fragments. Yeah. And no wraps or blankets. So they're open to the elements. Yeah, a little worrisome. But it's fine. But I it's guess... Fine. If, I guess if you're in a dense forest, you don't have to worry too much about the elements since you got trees around you to cover you up. Yeah, but if you're in a dense forest, you've got to be like worried about Sasquatch or something. Oof. That or walking trees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and with that. And with that, they climb a hill where they actually get some decent sunlight because everything's very dim because of the canopy. But then they get to this hill that lets in a lot of sunlight and they kind of stand there next to uh, what they believe is uh, a tree with only two bent branches left. It looked almost like the figure of some gnarled old man standing there, blinking in the morning light. The wind's changing, said Mary. It's turned east again. It feels cool up here. Yes, said Pippin. I'm afraid it's only a passing gleam, and it'll all go gray again. What a pity. This shaggy old forest looked so different in the sunlight, I almost felt like I liked the place. Almost felt you liked the forest. That's good. That's uncommonly kind of you. Said a strange voice. Turn around and let me have a look at your faces. I almost feel that I dislike you both. But do not let us be hasty. Turn around. A large, knob-knuckled hand was laid on each of their shoulders, and they were twisted round, gently but irresistibly, when two great arms lifted them up. They found that they were looking at a most extraordinary face. It belonged to a large, man-like, almost troll-like figure, at least fourteen foot high, very sturdy, with a tall head and hardly any neck. Whether it was clad in stuff like green and gray bark, or whether that was its hide, was difficult to say. At any rate, the arms at a short distance from the trunk were not wrinkled, but covered with a brown, smooth skin. The large feet had seven toes each. The lower part of the long face was covered with a sweeping gray beard, bushy, almost twiggy at the roots, thin and mossy at the ends. But at the moment, the hobbits noted little but the eyes. These deep eyes were now surveying them, slow and solemn, but very penetrating, they were brown, shot with a green light. Often afterwards, Pippin tried to subscribe his first impression of them. One felt as if there was an enormous well behind them, filled up with ages of memory and long, slow, steady thinking. But their surface was sparkling with the present, like sun shimmering on the outer leaves of a vast tree, or on the ripples of a very deep lake. I don't know, but it felt as if something that grew in the ground, asleep, you might say, or, or just feeling itself as something between root tip and leaf tip, between deep earth and sky, had suddenly waked up, and it was considering you with the same slow care that it had given to its own inside affairs for endless years. 
murmured the voice, a deep voice like a very deep woodwind instrument. Very odd indeed. Do not be hasty. That is my motto. But if I'd seen you before I heard your voices, I, I liked them. Nice little voices. They reminded me of something I cannot remember. If I had seen you before I heard you, I should have just trodden on you, taking you for little orcs, and found out my mistake afterwards. Very odd you are indeed. Root and twig, very odd. Pippin, though still amazed, no longer felt afraid. Under those eyes, he felt a curious suspense, but not fear. Please, he said. Who are you? And what are you? A queer look came into the old eyes, a kind of wariness. The deep wells were covered over. Now, answered the voice. Well, I am an int, or oh, that's what they call me. Yes, ent is the word. The... And I am, you might say, in your manner of speaking. Fangorn is my name, according to some. Treebeard others make it. Treebeard will do. And, Ent? said Mary. What's that? What do you call yourself? What's your real name? Who now? replied Treebeard. Ooh, that would be telling. Not so hasty. And I am the one doing the asking. You are in my country. What are you, I wonder? I cannot place you. You do not seem to come in the old lists that I learned when I was young. But that was a long, long time ago, and they may have made new lists. Let me see, let me see, how did it go? Learn now the lore of living creatures. First name the four, the free peoples, eldest of all the elf children, dwarf the delve, dark are his houses, ent the earthborn, old as mountains, man the mortal master of horses. Beaver the builder, buck the leaper, bear be hunter, boar the fighter, hound is hungry, hare is fearful. Eagle in airy, ox in pasture, heart horn crowned, hawk is swiftest, swan the whitest, serpent coldest. How did it go? It was a long list. Anyway, you do not seem to fit in it anywhere. 
We always seem to have got left out of the old lists and the old stories, said Mary. Yet we've been about for quite a long time. We're hobbits. Why not make a new line, said Pippin. Half-grown hobbits, the whole dwellers. Put us in amongst the four, next to man, the big people, and you've got it. Mm, not bad, not bad, said Treebird. That would do. So you live in holes, eh? That sounds very right and proper. Who calls you hobbits, though? That does not sound elvish to me. Elves made all the old words. They began it. Nobody calls us hobbits. We call ourselves that, said Pippin. Hum, hum, come now, not so hasty. You call yourselves hobbits, but you should not go telling just anybody. You'll be letting out your own right names if you're not careful. Glorious, glorious Treebeard voice. I love Treebeard. Because <laughs> he's the only character in this book who has a, a sentence that is room tomb, room tomb, room de tomb, tomb. <laughs> it's really giving like old grandpa vibes. Telling a story, speaking so slow. Back in my day when the earth was first created. Did, 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 all right, fun little Tolkien fact. Do you know please. who Tolkien based Treebeard off of? Not at all. Please, Paul, tell me who. He based it off his friend and fellow author C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Narnia no books. Way. No Because way. he was always so annoyed when talking with C.S. Lewis because C.S. Lewis would just keep talking and talking and like, cut into like a different like side thing to talk about and then have to be pulled back into the conversation oh my goodness and so tolkien was like i'm gonna make you a tree man who doesn't shut the fuck up <laughs> amazing incredible impeccable fun little I fact love, i love how uh pippin was like okay we're not in the in the stories and just place us, put us in there. Yeah. We belong in the place in the history books, in the history songs. We belong in your nursery rhyme about remembering what animals there are in the world. Mm-hmm. Half-grown hobbits, the hole dwellers. Hole dwellers. And I love that Treebeard approves of them living in holes. He's like, oh yeah, that sounds like a, like, very respectable that you live in holes. <laughs> More people should do that. Um, Can we also shout out... Okay, going back to where we started the reading. Um, yeah. The, the description, the physical, physical description of the Ents, and then to put in that description that Pippin said of just his eyes. Yes. That whole section. Like, this chapter Jimmy did just for himself, so he, he could describe trees for a whole chapter. That's why, like, this chapter is so fucking long. Yeah, this is the longest chapter so far. Because we have hit, we have hit Jimmy's hyperfixation of trees, and he's like, "And I'm going to tell you all about the trees." <laughs> I love it. I was just going to finish it off. That whole section where he's describing the eyes, um, filled with ages of memory, and just like really cementing how old Treebeard is. Yeah, and 
it plays into later on when they meet the other Ents, and at first they're like, none of, like, only a few of them actually look kind of like Treebeard. The rest are all as different as trees are to each other. Yeah. But then they notice they all have the same eyes that Treebeard has. Mm. And that's how you're able to tell, oh, these are definitely all Ents. Hmm. Glorious. Beautiful. So, Mary and Pippin then actually do give their, even after Treebeard said that you probably shouldn't give your, your true names to just anyone, uh, Mary and Pippin have never been on the internet, and they give away their <laughs> true names. They weren't children of the internet. Uh, First name, last name, social security number, address. Address, <laughs> location. Uh, and they, like, give him, like, their full names, and, uh, he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not gonna give you my name, you can just call me Treebeard, uh, and he also, I love the bits of Entish language we get. Yeah. Uh, because, like, all the names are apparently just so long, because each name describes the history of what a thing is. And he starts doing uh, the word for hill, which is And then you also have the that's orcs. That's just a part of the name. Yeah, that's just part of the name. And the orcs are the Burarum. Uh, yeah. Gotta love them all. Uh, and then he's also like, okay, what's going on? What's up? What's going on? What is Gandalf up to? These orcs and young Saruman down at Isen. He's the old man yelling at kids on his front lawn. What's young Saruman doing down there? <laughs> it's like, give me the tea, because I'm not on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they kind of dip in some knowledge that uh, they're like, oh, Gandalf is uh, is dead. And Treebeard's like, hmm, okay, sure. Sure he is. Yeah, I love that line, but you speak of Master Gandalf as if he was in a story that had come to an end. Mm-hmm. Sad. And what Pippin says, too, the story seems to be going on, but I am afraid Gandalf has fallen out of it. Yeah. Oof. I also love how Treebeard goes, basically, I'm not going to do anything to you. I'm just going to kind of look after you, basically. I'll take you to one of my many houses. My boy, my boy Treebeard has multiple real estate, like, properties. <laughs> well, like, when you've been there since Middle Earth was created, I hope he got first dibs. He got good, yeah, he got good property value. He's like one of those old South California families who've, like, been in the area so long. For and got generations. Several houses, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so... He starts taking them to his house, and while they're talking, uh, while as he carries them, Pippin goes, why did Celeborn say it, tell us not to come into your forest? And Treebeard's like, yeah, well, I'd say the same about going into Lothlorien. That can be dangerous, too. And we get the original name, of Lorien, which was Lorelin Dorinen. I love that cadence. Lorelin and it still Dorinen. has like a little bit of the sound of Lothlorien. Like you can kind of yeah. see where it stems from. Yeah, because before it was Land of the Valley of Singing Gold, and now it is the Dream Flower. Oh, well, but it is a queer place. Mm. It is a queer land. 
that's where I'm trying to be. <laughs> and they, he does drop a lot of elvish. Lorin and Dorlin, Lindelorendor, Melinorelion, Ornemalian. Ornemalin, there we go. Taure, Lelomie, Tumbal, Tumbale Morna, Tumbale Taurie, Lomeni, Lom, Le, Lo, Manor. All right, mine has a little asterisk there that says C Appendix F under Ents. But I don't have an appendix. You don't have an appendix for that one? Oh, the appendix is in your copy of Return of the King. In the last book? Yeah, the all the appendix and stuff is... Because remember, oh. Tolkien intended on all these oh. being one big book. Well, let me break out that book. Because I flipped to the end and I was like, this isn't helpful. There isn't an appendix. What am I supposed to do? Oh, Appendix F is Ents. Languages and Peoples of the Third Age. Oh my god, look at all this info. Oh yeah, no. Like, I'm Pet. telling you, once we get to uh once we get to like I think we're gonna do our own episodes just on the appendix, basically. There is so much info here. Yeah. Uh I guess we can read out the uh the appendix F section because I found it. Uh, okay. The most ancient people surviving in the Third Age were the Onodrim, or Aenid. Ent was the form of their name in the language of Rohan. They were known to the Eldar in ancient days, and the Eldar indeed the Ents ascribed not their own language, but the desire for speech. The language that they had made was unlike all others, slow, sonorous, uh, ag- aglom- aglomerated, I don't know what that means. That's a word repetitive, indeed long-winded, formed a multiplicity of vowel shades and distinctions of tone and quality, which even the lore masters of the Eldar had not attempted to represent in writing. They used it only among themselves, but they had no need to keep it secret, for no others could learn it. Oh my gosh. Ents were, however, themselves skilled in tongues, learning them swiftly and never forgetting them. But they preferred the languages of the Eldar, and loved best the ancient High Elven tongue. The strange words and names that the hobbits record, as used by Treebeard and other Ents, are thus Elvish, or fragments of Elf speech strung together in Ent fashion. Some are Quenya, such as Taure Lilomea, Tumbale Mona, Tumbale Taurea, Lomeanor, which may be rendered forest many shadowed, deep valley black, deep valley forested, gloomy land. Gloomy and by land. which Treebeard meant, more or less, there is a black shadow in the deep dales of the forest. Some are Sindarin, as Fangorn, which means beard of tree, or Fimberthil, which means slender beach. Wow. I love how much thought Tolkien put into his fucking languages. Truly. That's so cool. Old language. That, like, only really survives from the end still speaking it. Yeah. It takes I forever can't believe that was back read. here this whole time. Oh yeah, all the appendixes, like, there are dates of when things happen. Like, that's how I know the fact that my birthday is when the Battle of the Pelennor Fields is, because they have the dates that everything happens in it. Oh. 
Gosh, Jimmy, gosh. He did we a good job. in this world creation. But, uh, yeah, as they're walking, Treebeard goes, yeah, but I guess it is kind of dangerous in Fangorn because some trees have are just bad apples and they are just <laughs> real stinkers. And it is very dangerous if you just kind of wander into this forest without anyone around to help you, specifically Ents, who are very friendly, uh, and they keep the other trees in line. Uh, and they kind of associate this with the old forest far to the north, with, like, Old Man Willow, who Tom Bombadil managed to stop. Because mm-hmm. at one time, the old forest and Fangorn were just one forest. They were connected uh, by miles upon miles of trees. And uh, Treebeard reminisces of when he was able to go into, like, the lands of Beleriand simply because the forest reached all the way up there. Uh, for those of the, wow. you who recall, Beleriand is basically where all of the Silmarillion takes place. That isn't in Valinor. Um, and he even sings a song about uh, him walking around these different places. In the willow meads of Tassarinan, I walked in the spring. Ah, the sight and the smell of the spring in Nantasarion. And I said that was good. I wandered in summer in the elm woods of Osiriand. Ah, the light and the music in the summer by the seven rivers of Osir. And I thought that was best. To the beaches of Neldoreth I came in the autumn. Ah, the gold and the red and the sighing of leaves in the autumn in Tarna Neldor. It was more than my desire. To the pine trees upon the highland of Dorthonion I climbed in the winter. Ah, the pine, uh, yeah, ah, the wind and the whiteness and the black branches of winter upon Orod Nathon. My voice went up and sang in the sky, and now all those lands lie under the wave. And I walk in Amborona, in Tauremona, in Aldalome, in my own land, in the country of Fangorn, where the roots are long and the years lie thicker than the leaves, in Tauremona Lome. Wow. How old is he in this chapter? He's the eldest of the Ents, so he's he was probably How created... Old he was is... Yeah. Because he would have been created when Yavanna first made the Ents. It is known that Treebeard had existed in Middle-earth since before the arrival of the elves. This would thus make Treebeard at least 11,000 year old, years old at the time of the War of the Ring. Oof. For the elves awoke in 1050. Yeah. Damn! He's old. Old as balls. <laughs> and that kind of oh. runs with the themes that Tolkien really loves about trees and that these are very long lived like living things that we can't mm-hmm. really even comprehend how long lived they are. Like mm-hmm. I remember like there's a tree in Michigan. That's like the oldest type of tree that there is. And it's like several hundred years old. It's like, I think it's like 400, 450 years old. And I, I wow. think of about 450 years ago. And it's like, Good lord, that's back yeah. to fucking Hold medieval time. times. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's correction time with Paul again. Uh, I looked it up. It is the oldest beb oak in America that's located in Michigan. 
uh, and it is 250 years old in the in the beautiful city of Rochester Hills. Amazing. So I just thought I'd let you guys know about that. Uh, so Treebeard takes them to his home, which is called Welling Hall. And it's it's all it's almost like a, a house made of trees, basically, that the, they mm-hmm. bend over and line the way to this waterfall that falls in front of a cave. And they go into the cave and he uh, he does like magic over uh, these bowls of water and makes them yeah. special. And uh, as they drink the water. Uh, the drink was like water, indeed very like the taste of the draughts they had drunk from the Entwash near the borders of the forest. And yet there was some scent or savor in it which they could not describe. It was faint, but it reminded them of the smell of a distant wood borne from afar by a cool breeze at night. The effect of the draught began in the toes and rose steadily through every limb, bringing refreshment and vigor as it coursed upwards, right to the tips of their hair. Indeed, the hobbits felt like the hair on their heads was actually standing up, waving and curling and growing. And it's the ent- these are entrots, which is uh, basically a special water the ents drink, which uh, can sustain anyone. Because uh, ents are plants, and plants don't eat. They drink water. And... So basically, it's a monster energy drink. Oh, God, that's terrible. That's a terrible... <laughs> Horrible, no good, You're very welcome. bad. I hate that. I actually dislike <laughs> that. I dislike that more than your Kardashian fan or comparison. That's you have That's somehow beat that. That's, That's an insult. You've insulted <laughs> the Entrot. So they're drinking monsters and suddenly forget how injured they were from the orcs. Yeah. And also they Or is it Red Bull because it gives them taller. wings? Oh no. It doesn't give it makes them taller, is what it does. Hmm. Red Bull. So, it makes you taller. <laughs> <laughs> so which do you hate less, Monster or Red Bull? I hate them equally bad. Like, it's supposed to be this, like, pure, su- like, sweet water. And you're like, oh, it's like this battery acid we have in cans that we drink. Uh, I just hate Monster. I just hate energy drinks in general. Okay. I've never really it been a big be... fan of them. It's magic water. It can be a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. You know what? (laughs) I kind of think of it as a McDonald's Sprite with how, like, McDonald's Sprite has that, like, very crispness to it. Anyway. And now that they have drink and they're sitting on the table since there are no seats or chairs in his house, Mm -hmm. Treebeard says to them, tell me your tale and do not hurry. Yeah. Tell me about. And they go through everything, but they do not tell about the ring. And he almost like applauds them for it. He's like, "You probably did what Gandalf told you to do, and you did a mm-hmm. very good job in not spilling your guts." Uh, but he knows something is up. If what is it? The nine forgotten riders reappeared. Gandalf yeah. takes him on a journey. Galadriel harbors orcs pursue. All these things that are like, yeah, yeah, you know, something big might actually be happening. Yeah. And he's like, I wouldn't really be worried. He's like, I used to be anxious back when Mirkwood was really dangerous because that's a forest. But usually I don't get so worried about news. But now Saruman, Saruman's a neighbor. And I have to be very, Mm -hmm. I got to be on top of this. And he does, he gives good description of Saruman. 
of um, how Saruman... Because Saruman is a Maiar of Aule, the forge worker. Uh, and he's all about crafting and knowledge and all that sort of thing. But while Aule is free with his knowledge, he loves teaching people. Saruman is only interested in gathering knowledge into himself, and then he doesn't share it with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, There's that line he says, uh, but he never repaid me in like kind. I cannot yeah. remember that he ever told me anything. And he is... got more and more like that. His face, as I remember it, I have not seen it for many a day, became like windows in a stone wall, windows with shutters inside. Mm -hmm. Just very sneaky. He is plotting to become a power, capital P. Yeah, capital P power. And I always, I, I like associating that with everyday life. When someone wants to become a power in the world, I become very mistrustful of that. It sounds like very political. It is. It's Everything that was, I'm like, that's, that's just politics. That's a politician. He has a mind of metal and wheels, and he does not care for growing things, except as far as they serve him for the moment. Yep. That's uh, such a good description of, like, a corrupt leader, just mm -hmm. in these few sentences alone. And I do love how Treebeard, he does, like, he gets a bit roused, and he's like, it's gotta come, it's gotta stop. They've been cutting down trees. These trees mm -hmm. are... Uh, yeah. Many of these trees were my friends, creatures I had known from Nut and Acorn. Many had voices of their own that are lost forever now, and there are wastes of stump and bramble where once there were singing groves. Poof. Poof. A little and bit he... of talk there from Jimmy of, like, don't cut down our trees, and it also feels a little of a war veteran there, of, like, yeah. losing people in battle. And the hobbits are like, we're going to help you because we got we got a grudge against Saruman for having us fucking kidnapped yeah. by orcs. And we're going to join you. I love ya. just the idea of the little tiny hobbits being like, we will help you. And Treebeard going, good, good. <laughs> but then he, he does this very, uh, I like this thing he does, but I spoke hastily. We must not be hasty. I've become too hot. I must cool myself and think, for it is easier to shout stop than to do it. And yeah. he does calm. He, like, literally goes and stands under the waterfall to literally cool himself off. And then he talks to them about uh, the other two eldest Ents in the forest, who are Finglas and Fladrif, uh, which are Leaflock and Skinbark. So there's Treebeard, Leaflock, and Skinbark. He also mentions how there's just not many Ents as there used to be. And Pippin goes, how many have died? And he goes, oh, well, not, not a lot have actually died. It's just that some have grown tree-ish. But there were never many of us. We have not increased. There have been no Entings, no children, you would say. Not for a terrible long count of years. You see, we lost the Entwives. How very sad, said Pippin. How was it that they all died? I did not say die, said Treebeard. I never said died. We lost them, I said. We lost them, and we cannot find them. That surprised me. I was like, what do you mean you lost them and you can't find them? But he had that little moment of when they were describing the Shire, and uh, he was like, are Entwives there? Like, maybe they could be there. And if you think about 
Are they there? In the beginning of the fellowship, when Mm -hmm. Sam is in the pub, he talks about his cousin who saw a tree walking on the North Moors. Ooh. So they could be there. They could be there. um, But unfortunately, I think it might have just been an ent like wandering mm. um because tolkien i believe in one of his letters does confirm that the ant wives were destroyed by sauron All and the ants have and the ants have just been very hopeful but there oh, are other theories so that the ants i hate that theory the other theory the, the other theory is that the ant wives like removed themselves to where the shire is and simply became one with the land how mm. uh like Ents can become tree-ish, and they just become like trees. The Entwives mm-hmm. did the same, and that's why the Shire is so plentiful, and why everything grows so well there, is because the oh. Entwife's essence is in the land there. That one's sweeter. And I, I heard like another <laughs> another fun theory that uh, Bilbo's party tree, where they have Bilbo's party, used to be an Entwife, and she just kind of settled herself oh. there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, those theories are better. They're still all kind of sad, though. Mm-hmm. And Treebeard talks about how the relationship between the Ents and the Entwives was a little strained because the Ents were all about wild plants and mm-hmm. having things grow according to what they want, uh, while the Entwives were all about order and structuring and peace. And they want they were all about like agriculture and orchards and fields as opposed to deep woods and dark dells and that sort of thing. And then there's this song called The Song of the Ent and the Ent Life. Ooh, I like this one. Does it have a actual cadence or is it something where I could take the part of the ent wife? You know what? Yeah, let's let's just split it between us and we'll okay. just recite it. Okay. When spring unfolds the beechen leaf and sap is in the bough, when light is on the wildwood stream and wind is on the brow, when stride is long and breath is deep and keen the mountain air, come back to me, come back to me, and say my land is fair. When spring is come to garth and field and corn is in the blade, When blossom like a shining snow is on the orchard laid, when shower and sun upon the earth with fragrance fill the air, I'll linger here and will not come because my land is fair. When summer lies upon the world and in a noon of gold, beneath the roof of sleeping leaves the dreams of trees unfold, when woodland halls are green and cool and wind is in the west, Come back to me, come back to me, and say my land is best. When summer warms the hanging fruits and burns the berry brown, when straws gold and ears white and harvest comes to town, when honey spills and apple swells, though wind be in the west, I'll linger here beneath the sun because my land is best. When winter comes, the winter wild, that hill and wood shall slay, when trees shall fall and starless night devour the sunless day, when wind is in the deadly east, then in the bitter rain, I'll look for thee and call to thee, I'll come to thee again. When winter comes and singing ends, when darkness falls at last, when broken is the barren bough and light and labor past, 
I'll look for thee and wait for thee until we meet again. Together we will take the road beneath the bitter rain. Together we will take the road that leads into the west. And far away we'll find a land where both our hearts may rest. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That is so sad. Them basically saying we won't come together until the end of the world then. Ugh. And then it gets sad when he asks them, where will you stand to sleep? And Mary says, oh, we usually lie down. And Treebeard says, why, of course you do. I was forgiving. Singing that song put me in mind of old times. Almost thought that I was talking to young Entings I did. No. You can lie on the bed. I'm going to stand in the rain. Good night. (laughs) I'm going to stand in the rain. (laughs) I think it's the equivalent of like, when you're in the shower and you're just kind of standing yep. there and collecting yep. yourself. That's exactly like, what I thought. Because, yeah. you know, showers could take five minutes, but you have to have a time where you just contemplate life. They could take five minutes. I like them to take 15. <laughs> it's, a, it's a process yep. for me. Uh. So the next day, Mary and Pippin wake up and they have their bowls of water for breakfast <laughs> and some elf cake because they're like, they're like, breakfast isn't breakfast unless we're actually eating. Yeah, you something. gotta nibble on something. It's the Hobbit you way. Uh, and Treebeard is going to take them to the Entmoot, which is a meeting of all the Ents. And it takes place at a place called Derndingle. What a and, name. Yeah, Derndingle. <laughs> Hello. Derndingle. Everything sounded so sweet and like poetic, and then there's Derndingle. Well, I Durndingle. guess that's what men call it, so... Leave yeah. it to men. <laughs> Leave it to men. Leave it to men to fuck up a good name. <laughs> uh, and they walk to Derndingle. Um, <laughs> Mary Pippin falls asleep, though, while he's walking. And when they wake up, they see that there are other Ents all about them. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, when he describes love... what they look like? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to read that? Yes. The ends were as different from one another as trees from trees, some as different as one tree is from another of the same name, but quite different growth in history, and some as different as one tree kind from another as birch from beech, oak from fir. There were a few older ends, bearded and gnarled like hail, but ancient trees, though none looked as ancient as treebeard, and there were tall, strong ends, clean limbs, smooth skinned like forest trees in their prime. But there were no young ents, no saplings. Altogether, there are about two dozen standing on the wide, grassy floor of the dingle. Uh, at first, Mary and Pippin were struck chiefly by the variety that they saw, the many shapes and colors, the differences in girth and height and length of leg and arm, and in the number of toes and fingers, anything from three to nine. Um, some seems like tree beard reminded them of beech trees or oaks. But there were other kinds. Some recalled the chestnut, brown-skinned ents with large, splay-fingered hands and short, thick legs. Some recalled the ash, tall, straight, gray ents with many-fingered hands and long legs. Some the fir, the tallest ents, and others the birch, the rowan, and the linden. But when the ents all gathered around Treebird, bowing their heads slightly, murmuring in their slow, musical voices, and looking long and intently at the strangers, then the hobbits saw that they were all of the same kindred and all had the same eyes. Not all so old or so deep as treebirds, but all with the same slow, steady, thoughtful expression and the same green flicker. 
Man, Jimmy loves describing his trees. He really was like, this mm-hmm. chapter is for me. I am doing this for me. The ants proceed to just talk in their language, which takes forever. And eventually Treebeard does notice Pippin getting a little antsy. Me and history goes, classes in college. Yeah. <laughs> I have told your names to the Entmoot, and they have seen you, and they have agreed that you are not orcs, and that a new line shall be put in the old lists. We've got no further yet, but that is quick work for an Entmoot. <laughs> Uh, so he basically sets them down to kind of wander around the dingle. Uh, he's like, oh, there's a water fountain over there if you get thirsty. Here's the cafeteria. It's, when, it's like when your parents, here's the it's like when your parents are at like a meeting and they're like leaving you to want, like wander around the school or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the playground, though, make yourself busy. Uh, eventually Treebeard though does bring, uh, another Ent to join them. Uh, and this ant is called Bregolad in the Elvish tongue, uh, which means quick beam. Quick beam. Who I had never heard before besides in a Lord of the Rings quiz when it was like, name as many characters as possible. And I was like, who? Oh, someone said quick beam and I thought they were making it up. Maybe you had said that name. I, s- I swear someone was gaslighting me. Well, they weren't if they were using quick beam as one because it, is a, it yeah. is a real name. It, quick beam just doesn't seem like I think of like a sci-fi name or like yeah. gun for quick beam not a tree in an old fantasy novel mm-hmm. anyway uh he he's described as tall and seemed to be one of the younger ents he had smooth shining skin on his arms and legs his lips were ruddy and his hair was gray green he could bend and sway like a slender tree in the wind at last he spoke and his voice though re- resonant was higher and clearer than tree beards I am Bregolad. That is Quickbeam in your language, but it is only a nickname, of course. They have called me that ever since I said yes to an elder Ent before he had finished his question. Also, I drink quickly and go out while some are still wetting their beards. Come with me. He's sassy and I love him, and I really want to read this next part because I love it so much. Yeah, do it. Go for it. He reached down two shapely arms and gave a long-fingered hand to each of the hobbits. All that day they walked about in the woods with him, singing and laughing, for Quickbeam often laughed. He laughed if the sun came out from behind a cloud. He laughed if they came upon a stream or spring. Then he stooped and splashed his feet and head with water. He laughed sometimes at some sound or whisper in the trees. Whenever he saw a rowan tree, he halted a while with his arms stretched out and sang and swayed as he sang. This tree is a vibe yeah he's just he's a chill guy yeah he's very chill it's it's giving me high surfer dude and but then we also find out it's kind of sad because he's like i love rowan trees because there were so many rowan trees when i was an enting and where i grew up and now a lot of them have been cut down by the orcs who are chopping down the trees of fangorn and then he does a little song of O Orafarne, Lassimista, Carnimirie, O Rowan fair upon your hair, how white the blossom lay, O Rowan mine, I saw you shine upon a summer's day, your rind, your rind so bright, your leaves so light, your voice so cool and soft, upon your head, how golden red the crown you bore aloft. O Rowan dead, upon your head your hair is dry and gray. Your crown is spilled, your voice is stilled, forever and a day. 
o orefarnie lasemista carnimirie. Madre. What are those first three words? I don't know. Hmm. If... They look like names. It could be the names of rowan trees he knew. What a tragedy. This could be the next plot for Hades Town. <laughs> it's giving tragedy. Musical tragedy. Well, one sec. Let me see. Okay, yeah, he is listing the names of the Rowans he knew. Hmm. Uh, Orofanie means mountain dwelling. Lasemista means leaf gray. Hmm. And Carnemirie means with adornment of red jewels. Ooh. Wow. Well, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> And they fall asleep to him singing softly. But then they wake up, and to the ants are going to war. To war! I, uh, I feel like a kindred to these ants, where they just, like, sing and laugh, but they have some sadness, and if you mess with their buddies, they go to war. Can exactly. relate. And they sing a song going to war. Chant it. We come, we come with roll of drum, taurum, daurum, daurum, daram. And Treebeard like is like leading this like column of the ants, and he like gestures for uh, Quickbeam to join them, and Quickbeam hands off Marion Pippin <laughs> to Treebeard, and they start to chant to Isengard, though Isengard be ringed and barred with doors of stone, though Isengard be strong and hard, as stone as cold as stone and bare as bone, we go, we go, we go to war to hew the stone and break the door, for bull and bow are burning now, the furnace roars, we go to war, to land of gloom and with tramp of doom, with roll of drum, we come, we come. To Isengard, with doom we come, with doom we come, with doom we come. Man, don't rouse an end. Can you imagine seeing them coming after you? That is a mm -hmm. terrifying sight. And they're like, wow, this has happened actually kind of quickly. And he's like, well, yeah, they're cutting down all our trees. There is no curse in Elvish, Entish, or the tongues of men bad enough for such treachery. Down with Saruman! <laughs> And then Mary and says, how, how are you going to break the doors? Oh, well, we could, you know. How do you... You do not know, perhaps, how strong we are. Maybe you've heard of trolls? They are mighty strong, but trolls are only counterfeits made by the enemy in the great darkness and mockery of Ents, as orcs were of elves. We are stronger than trolls. We are made of the bones of the earth. We can split stone like the roots of trees, only quicker, far quicker, if our minds are roused. If we are not hewn down or destroyed by fire or blast of sorcery, we could split Isengard into splinters and crack its walls into rubble. Dude, that line is so metal. We are made of the bones of the earth. Ugh. Mm -hmm. That would be a good shirt. Hmm. And I love how it ends with uh, them looking down into Nankurunir, the Valley of, I of Saruman. And it ends with Treebeard saying, Night lies over Isengard. Da da da. Da da da. Good cliffhanger chapter. But bad cliffhanger chapter, because now I have to wait and wait. It goes to Gimli now? Yeah. It is. 
several chapters till we find out what happened Dang. at Isengard. Well, see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. That oh, gosh. Is, that was a cool chapter. I must say, I really enjoyed this chapter. I love it. I love the way Treebeard talks. Yeah. How he just keeps talking. And usually I'd be annoyed with how much talking is going on <laughs> in a chapter. But with like with this, I don't mind it all that much. Simply because I love it when Tolkien writes uh, discussion. When he writes conversations. Yeah. And I love good lore. I love learning about the Ents and the history and the wisdom. And how uh, Jimmy really like personified trees. And this yeah. deep history. Oh, so good. What a chapter. So, guys, thanks for joining us for this one. Uh, yeah. Had a lot to cover, but I think we did a pretty good job. I think we did uh, great. Drop your favorite trees in the chat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, make sure you join us next time for when we cover Chapter 5 of Book 2, The Right... Uh, the, book the 3, right sorry. Writer. The Right Writer. The Right Whiter. Uh, <laughs> the White Writer. Who could that be? I guess we'll have to find out. Special thanks, as always, to Wool yeah. for doing our cover art. And to Jack Hook for composing yeah. our intro and outro music. And special thanks, as always, to our supporters over on Patreon. Hey, if you would like to go over there, just go to patreon.com slash... Is it The Silly Merlion or just Silly Merlion? The Silly Merlion. Just Silly Merlion. And you can join our uh, $5 tier to get an extra podcast where we're just kind of shooting the breeze. And $10 tier to watch movies with us and then also get the recordings of us watching those movies. So you get our excellent commentary or sometimes just the sound of me eating dinner over <laughs> the movie. Uh, if we can figure out merch too, maybe we can get like a patron exclusive something. Oh, yeah. Or like a discount I think it, like, or something cool. for our yeah. patrons. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, head on over there if you want to contribute. And if not, we'll still be here, still releasing our uh, our free episodes every other Wednesday. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to our shit. Nah, da da da. Da da da. da.